Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Uh, Dan Panetti here with a, uh, a longtime friend who moved away a few years ago. Um, I met him when he was here in Fort Worth at uh, the college at Southwestern. Um, and then uh, a few years ago, they moved up to Little Rock, Arkansas. But um, welcome to the episode, uh, Stephen Smith. Hey, thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. So yeah, you're, a, you're, you're a pastor uh, up in uh, Little Rock, right? Emmanuel Baptist. And yeah. uh, you're, you're raising a family. Uh, we got to know you when you were uh, down here. And, uh, um, you know, kind of it was it was great to do life with you when you had little kids. Yeah. Now uh, our kids are, are uh, graduating and moving on to the next stage, which is always a fun time as a dad. Um, but uh, I just want to talk to you about um, just kind of what the podcast is about is how do we uh, have conversations with young men um, to help them move from adolescence to adulthood, from boyhood to manhood, uh, and just kind of what encouragement, what advice, what strategies would you give them? And uh, you, you just, you know, I, I figured is when I asked you what advice would you give them, you'd go somewhere in the Word of God. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know where you'd turn. I didn't know if we were going to go you know, someplace a little bit more obscure, or if you'd go to the one of big ones, but tell us a little bit about just kind of the, the conversation that you'd like to have with young men. Why did yeah. you turn to the passage that you turned to and, and kind of dive into it a little bit for us? Yeah. So I, um, maybe the best ways to work backwards, but the, you know, the, one of my favorite books for young men is the book of Titus, because okay. it's, it's, it's the senior leader of the new Testament outside of Jesus. You have apostle Paul, who's coaching up someone who's going to do something big. Mm. And he's going to do something. Um, he's he is a leader on a small island. It's got multiple house churches, and he says, "I want you to go set in order." And the Greek word is ortho, ortho, uh, diose, which is so think of orthopedic, who mm -hmm. takes a broken bone, sets it, and yeah. makes it straight. So I want you to go take this broken thing and fix it. And and so first thing you have to do is call out leaders. And so when he goes and turns to the young men, this is Titus two, and gives them, you know, the, the key to leaders. He gives the older men multiple things to do, younger men, I mean, older women multiple things, younger women multiple things. To the young men, he just gives one, and that's discipline, yeah. self discipline. So, and, <laughs> hey, you know, that that right there is wisdom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> give a bunch here. Give a bunch here. Give a bunch here for the young guys. Just kind of focus on one thing. <laughs> Just one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, Drew Dyke wrote this book called The Foundation for the Soul. And he's actually okay. quoting some some monks uh, out of that is where he gets the title for the book. But the reason why you could argue that self-discipline is such an important virtue, and I, I love to talk about virtues. That's a broader conversation. We have to talk about it. But um, you can acquire lots of virtues, but if you don't have discipline, it doesn't matter because discipline yeah. is the way you get to all the others. So um, I, I don't know if it's the most important virtue, but I think there are at least three foundational virtues and discipline is one of them because, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't have discipline, um, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. And and what, just one other thought, and I'm sorry to ramble on, but I, I think what's hard to conceive of when you're young because you're strong and you have this unlimited energy is that uh, the guys that are super talented 
or, you know, even personality wise can walk into a room, own a room, gifted, uh, attractive, and winsome and all that stuff. Discipline neutralizes all that, mm. right? In a good and bad way. So there's only so far you can ride on inherent talent that, that just, it, it goes away. And the guys that don't have that, which is most of us, um, that can be compensated for with discipline. So it's this great neutralizer in life. Yeah. Well, let, let me read the passage. Uh, this comes out of my version, right? But where it yeah. says in chapter two, it says, but as for you, and he's talking to the older men here, right? We're yeah. going to teach what accords with sound doctrine. He says, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. So he gives them a number of things. And, and I, I love that concept is by the time you've been walking with the Lord for a while, um, by the time you've aged and you've matured, um, this is a good set of principles to kind of look at and say, hey, um, you need to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, sound in your love, sound in a steadfastness, right? I love that. And then it drops yeah. down and it says, he says, likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled or self-disciplined. Um, so that's just a, it's a, a, a very neat concept, right, that you talked about is, just, you know, there's a uh, more of a laundry list of things for the older guys, um, you know, that that as you develop in your walk, you need to add to self-discipline. <laughs> you need to add some other virtues, some other, you know, habits, some other strategies yeah. in doing life. Um, but I like what you say is kind of that idea is if you, if you don't have self-discipline, if you can't, um, you know, take a particular principle, learn how to do it, uh, focus on it, address it and stay disciplined in it. Um, you're not going to get very far in life. And I think, you know, your, yeah. your work ethic, um, you know, an employer, right? Let's just be practical, right? If you don't have self-discipline, you're going to go to work and you you know what? You're, you're not going to show up. You're not going to work hard, right? You're not going to make it very long at, at work, right? In a marriage, right? When push comes to shove, the relationship gets difficult. If you're not self-disciplined, right? You're going to stray. You're, you're not going to do the things that a husband needs to do as a father, Right. Same principle. Um, you don't you don't get a lot of pats on the back for being a father, <laughs> especially in those early years where, you know, it's changing diapers and picking up throw up and all the different things. Right. It's yeah. self-discipline, I think, is what you're looking at and saying those are the things, especially when you're young and life is difficult. You just got to keep on doing the small things and keep on doing them well. Right. Is that yeah. is that kind of what you're looking at as kind of the advice? Yeah, for young absolutely. Men? There's this. Yeah. Yeah, there's this great quote by Oswald Chambers. I'm going to butcher it because I don't remember exactly, but I read it years ago. It's always helped me. He he talked about discipline. He said the resentment of discipline of any kind can eventually, you know, I, I can't remember what the end of that is, you know, uh, do harm or rot your soul. Or, but that phrase, the resentment of discipline, has always stuck with me because mm. – you know, you think of small things that we can do in our life. You know, I'm trying to get my son to floss and brush his teeth. And, you know, he's 10 years old and all these basic type of things. Sure. But that is not important because he's going to have a chance to be competitive in school and be competitive in sports. Yeah. But if he can't do the basic things well, there's no there's no hope for him. And so um, but, you know, again, the, the other side is really true. If you can master small things there really isn't um, a limit to, the, to to what you can do. And um, I was was baptizing um, a kid who was close to junior high, but not quite. This is about two months ago. And I talked about his salvation. Uh, he was there spiritually. As we're getting into the bap baptistry, his lip starts to quiver. <laughs> and, and he doesn't want to do it. He gets scared. Yeah. And so that's understandable. He does it anyway, though. And afterwards, I told him that's a massive thing, because if you can yeah. do hard things, 
as simple as that is, what else can't you do? I mean, you, you know, all of us are going to have opportunities in life, but um, it doesn't matter how great they are if we don't have discipline, but at the same time, small opportunities become phenomenal if we do have discipline. So it is, it's hard to overestimate how rewarding it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I go back, uh, we were teaching through the life of David. Uh, and if I remember back in first uh, Samuel chapter 16 is where we kind of, you know, get introduced to David. Uh, and yeah. one of the verses is when, um, you know, Saul is kind of going crazy and he, he yeah. looks for somebody to, you know, play music for him, right? Yeah. Music, you know, calms the soul. And yeah. it says that, uh, you know, a guy comes up to Saul and he says, Hey, I, I know this, you know, I know this kid, right. He's kind of giving him a, yeah. you know, a suggestion. And he says this, he says, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him, right? And mm-hmm. and really, those are some great attributes to have. But I thought it was very interesting that the first one he said is he's skilled in playing, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is actually the task that they're asking for is, you know, can mm-hmm. he play music, right? And they said, yeah. yeah, hey, here's a guy who can play. And I thought it just that idea is to be skilled in playing means that you're self-disciplined because you've learned how to play an instrument. Right. So whatever it is that you have in life. Right. Sometimes, you know, we 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 go back as men, to, you know, like sports. Right. As you know, you learn self-discipline through sports. Well, there's a lot of different places you can learn self-discipline. You can learn it through music. You can learn it through yeah. art. You can learn it through reading. You can learn it through sports. You can learn it so many different ways. And I think that concept is is sometimes we think that the end goal is actually learning the particular activity when really in life, the end goal is just learning how to do something and pushing through it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it, it's uh, is, is playing a musical instrument the most important thing in the world? The answer is no. <laughs> now, if you're really good at it and God's giving you that particular talent and gift, that's awesome. But yeah. just this stick to of saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to learn how to play the guitar. I'm going to learn how to play the piano. Yeah. I'm going to learn how to play the violin um, and, and doing your very best. And then maybe, you, you know, after a while you realize, hey, that's not what I'm gifted with. And you move on to something yeah. else. Um, but just learning how to do something, as you said, doing hard things. All right, that that's the advice that Paul would give to Titus and say, hey, for the young yeah. guys, just teach them how to stick to something, right? Teach them yeah. how to push through the difficult times. And that is a great attribute, right, for, yeah. for young men. So what, what else would you tell them for the young man? How do, how do I develop that attribute? Let's say I don't have it. Um, yeah. how, how would you suggest that I develop it? Well, everything, you know, nothing good grows in the dark. Somebody said, so if you have, if you really want to do something and do it well, you bring someone else into the conversation. So I had a friend who, um, man, I had a couple of friends, one in particular I'm thinking of just really helped me through middle school and high school. We're the same age Mm -hmm. because he was just so disciplined. I learned a ton from him, just watching him. And he was, he will not listen to this podcast, so he won't mind me saying this, but he was a probably 150 pound, maybe 160 pound, um, you know, football player. And uh, there's no way he could have done what he did, but he did uh, because, because he's, he'd compensated for his uh, small size by doing extremely well. And then actually went on to play, uh, compete at another college sport, but all had to do with his his discipline. So I, all that said, find somebody who's like-minded, bring them into the conversation, think bigger than yourselves, know the, the culture and even the Christian culture. And even uh, my kids go to a great Christian school. And of course, spending time there at, at PCA was phenomenal, but even those cultures mm-hmm. are not going to cultivate discipline in you on your own. You've got to look for it. You've got to want it. And there's this, um, this super encouraging uh, verse and that I always turn to in Proverbs chapter one, I think it's verse 28, but let me turn to it right quick. So I won't misquote it. Um, 
that I, I found that's always, always helpful. Um, so besides cultivating that, I would say to guys, the second thing I would say was, um, just what you said, find something that creates discipline into you and, and press into it. Um, and this is, so this is Psalm, I'm sorry, this is Proverbs, uh, 21 verse 23 i'm sorry proverbs 123 if you turn at my reproof behold i will pour out my spirit to you i will make my words known to you Mm. the new american standard says turn to my reproof now that's totally counterintuitive we don't turn into discipline we turn away from it right he's saying find out the areas where the lord is already disciplining you um and i can list what they are for me uh here's where the lord has put his finger in my life and don't turn from that turn into that and, you know, the truth of the matter is, Dan, you know, someone says, I have no regrets. No one ever says that. Honestly, we all, we're not perfect. We all have regrets in life. And I look back over my life and the regrets that I have outside of, you know, the inability to make the right decision at a certain time are regrets of discipline. I wish I would have pressed into a certain thing or tried a little bit harder here, or governed a certain area of my life a little bit more. And I think that's, you know, we don't lament that there. We all have things like that. Um, but the reality is, the, the kind of the big turning points of life come on finding out what the Lord is doing in your life, where he's disciplining you and turning into that. And, yeah. you know, someone said great doors of opportunity to turn on small hinges of obedience. And it's really true. I mean, you look at the life of Joseph, you look at the life of David, you mentioned all of those are great men who first did well in small things. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking um, when you talked about discipline and even from a you know, earthly father concept, right? Because I think it's a part of our responsibility as earthly parents to discipline our children. Um, yeah. You know, the, the writer of Hebrews talks about this uh, in chapter 12, and it says, you know, besides this, we have uh, earthly fathers who discipline us and we respect them, right? And he's, you know, he's like, how much more should we respect our heavenly father who's doing the same thing? And he yeah. says this, he says, for they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he, speaking of God, disciplines us, right, for our good that we may share in his holiness. And so, you know, the concept is, is, you know, we're talking about some physical disciplines that you could put in life. Uh, and the reality is, is those are going to be short, right? Those, you know, we, um, you know, learn an instrument, learn how to read well, um, you know, discipline yourself in your studies, right? All those different things yeah. are important to, to learn uh, because you want to be self-controlled. You want to be self-disciplined. Um, but it, it's not always going to be that season of your life, right? You're not always yeah. going to be 15. You're not always right. going to be 23, right? And if you haven't learned self-discipline, um, by the time you get into your 30s, 40s, and 50s, if you don't have that particular skill set uh, and you haven't learned self-discipline, the reality is is somebody else will discipline you, <laughs> right? You can't go through life yeah. and, and never learn this, right? And so, no, but, no, yeah. but I, I always think about the other concept is, is not only is that a physical reality, but it's a spiritual one too, because yeah. if you've learned self-discipline in the physical realm, right, then you can apply that same principle to the spiritual and you can realize, hey, if I want to grow spiritually, I take those same things where I've grown in my physical walk, right? And I apply them to my spiritual walk and I say, Hey, I want to, I want to get closer to God. What do I do? Well, spend time in God's word. How do I do that? Well, you discipline yourself to take, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day and read, right? Um, I love how you brought in though, the accountability and the community aspect, because I think that's so important for Christians not to try to do this on their own. It's kind of like, you know, losing weight or or trying to get stronger, right? It's just, it's easier to go to, to go to the gym when you have a partner. When you've got somebody mm-hmm. who's going to the gym at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. right? And you're like, hey, I got to go because they're going to meet me there. But if right. you're the only one going, <laughs> you 
you know, when it's cold outside and wet and rainy and you're like, ah, I right. want to go, it's easy to say no. Yeah. So I love that idea that, you know, if you're training for manhood, find somebody else um, to do this journey with you, right? And say, hey, let's yeah. let's work on this thing together. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you you mentioned Hebrews 12, you know, there are the there are two types of discipline the Lord gives us. One is corrective. Mm-hmm. We've experienced that. You know, we do something wrong. The Lord is gracious to correctively discipline. But the other is instructive. Yeah. So I, I tell my kids to go to bed at night, you know, and they they still to this day resent it. <laughs> like it's a big shock, you know, like what? You know, <laughs> what? Um uh, but I, not because I don't like them or because they've done anything wrong. It's, it's not corrective discipline. It's instructive discipline. And yeah. so, um, and it's, and it's sweet and it's loving. I don't know that anybody else's kids. And so the Lord is constantly giving us instructive discipline, prompting, do this, uh, you know, this podcast, somebody's going to listen to this. It's going to prompt something into it. That's instructive discipline. So chase that run into it. That's what Proverbs one twenty three is telling us, you know, press into it, run into the instructive discipline of the Lord. I love it. I love it. Okay. So last question for you, just for our young men. Yeah. Um, is there a resource that you would say, uh, go back, right? Uh, I know you love to read. Um, is there a yeah. resource that uh, that you would suggest for a young man uh, if he wanted to grow uh, into manhood? Now, it could be, right, a spiritual book, something from a Christian perspective, or it could be a non-Christian book, right? A biography yeah. or something that kind of prompted you, but maybe something that kind of touched your heart when you were a young man, uh, that propelled you on your journey? Is there something that you would recommend for young men? Um, I tell you, on the one I've just read recently, if a guy, some guys may be going into ministry, but there's a short biography on Spurgeon oh, um, okay. by Dallimore. And it's, there's lots of biographies on Spurgeon. This is maybe 200 pages, really accessible. But the amount that he produced in his short life is just unbelievable. Uh, yes. Amazing. I mean, it's just overwhelming. It's convicting. And I, you know, we all waste time, but, but, um, the, he, he had, he, he did, he accomplished so much. So it just, oh. it just, you need someone to break you out of the low expectations of the culture and say, here's what could be done. Yeah. That's uh, why I, I love reading books. the Puritans because those guys are producing things while they're in prison, right? They're, yeah. you know, of Paul, right. He's, he's writing in prison, <laughs> right. And you've got all these Puritans that spent you know, gears, John Bunyan, right? You've got you know yeah. Thomas Brooks. You've got these guys who are spending years in prison. Now it might be a little different than our prison. It might have been a, you know kind of like a home prison, but they didn't waste their time whining right. and complaining about things. You right. know, they, they, they wrote, they taught, uh, they studied, they instructed. You know, a lot of they talk about how a lot of their writings have been lost, but it's amazing the amount of work that um, you know just generations before us have produced that we can glean from. So I love going back and reading some of these old people, but. Yeah, Spurgeon's, you know, probably, you know, they call him the, the prince of, you know, preachers, right? I mean, just the, yeah, if, you exactly. can, if you can just Google Spurgeon and read a sermon by him, the the depth of information and quality that he can, you know, put out in a in a 30 minute sermon is just insanely incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's, so, it is remarkable. And, um, you know, the, the big mystery to this to me is, and, and I don't know how to codify this, but you, we all can produce under pressure, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so then the question is, how do you produce that pressure in a healthy, good way on a that's daily a good, basis? Yep. And I so love that. that's, that's a life skill you just got to cultivate. And, um, my well, brother, Josh, of... I think, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, he just wrote a book called the Titus 10. He takes out of Titus 10 principles for manhood, which is not some manhood books are general, like yep. how to be a man. These are very specific. Like if you want to create godly leadership, you know, what do you do? I would, I would, I'm taking, 
um, a bunch of our men through that starting in January. And I would encourage okay. that's a, that's a great resource. Yeah. I'll have to look for that. Yeah. I was just going to say the whole idea of setting goals, right. As we're yeah. coming up to move from, uh, from, you know, one year to the next is a great time yeah. to set some new goals yeah. in life. Cause if you said, you know, if you want to produce under pressure, how do you produce that pressure? Well, one, you find some accountability, right? You, yeah. you create that community of other people who can speak, you know, into you and you set some goals and you, you let other yeah. people know what they are. And you say, Hey, I want to, yeah. You know, I want to read 20 books this year, you know, help me set yeah. some goals. I want to, you know, I want to do better in this particular area of my life and help me set some goals. So I think that's always an important aspect for people to kind of evaluate yeah. and look at. And, you know, um, you know, I think we go back to, I, I use a lot of uh, people who go back to the, you know, Luke 2, 52 principle of, you know, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, faith with God yeah. and man. You just take those four areas and say, how am I going to grow this year uh, in my yeah. wisdom? How am I going to grow physically? How am I going to grow right in my favor with man? How am I going to go in my favor with God? So those are great things to, to just kind of look at and, and bring some other people in because that accountability really is important. So that's really any last good. Like any it. last words to our, our guys out there listening? Man, just just press in. I mean, yeah. the, so much of the Bible is written to young men. I mean, obviously Proverbs, but also Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon and, um, uh, and of course, First, Second Timothy, Titus. So God has you really, really thought a lot about your spiritual development. So press I, into that. Okay. I, I, love, I love that you actually said that. So much, yeah. just think about it. So much of the Bible is written to young men. Yeah, right? it is. I mean, it, is. not only is it written about young men, <laughs> yeah, so, so many stories of young men in the Bible, but really that idea of, right, as a, as a man, scripture looks at you to lead not only yeah. yourself, but your family and your community. And yeah. so these instructions are given to you as a young man. Um, yeah. And so just that idea, I mean, think about that, right? That th this is, you know, 66 books. This is you know, information, instructions given and written with the young man in mind. So that's a, yeah. that's a great principle. I'd never really thought of that idea. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, Stephen, thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing some of the uh, the wisdom with us. And I hope some of these young guys are going to take instead of waiting for the, <laughs> um, you know, the discipline that comes. Right. I, I like it. You said, you know, the instructive part. Right. Yeah. Take that's this, right. listen to it. Don't wait for, you know, God to slap you upside the head. Say, hey, how can I listen, learn and uh, and move before. Right. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and put some of these into practice in my own life. So exactly. I appreciate it. Hey, Dan, Dan, thanks for letting me on. Really grateful for you. And of course, what Prestonwood and PCA has meant to our family through the years is, is a ton. And so very grateful for you having me on today. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.